When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hello there. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Live Free Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and this is episode 136, Tattoos, Taboos, and Trusting Yourself. This is going to be a candid, different episode where I share a little bit about my personal feelings and experience making a decision that fell outside of the guidelines or the traditional boundaries within the culture and faith community that I was raised in. It's something that I've shared on Instagram a little bit here and there, and I always have so much interest and so many questions. And I don't think the questions are all stemming specifically around the idea of getting a tattoo, because I think that's a fairly well understood idea. I think it more is the question of how or why did you make this decision that a lot of people would agree is not a correct decision or a holy decision or a righteous decision, especially having been raised in you know a similar religion, organizational faith as I have been and uh, am, you know and still actively participating in. So uh, that's why I am talking about not only the experience that I had having gotten a tattoo, but also about the idea of why some things are taboo and others aren't, and also how and why I feel like it's important to trust yourself and to learn to be able to sometimes step outside the lines if you want to, if it feels like something that feels important to you and it feels like it adds to your own support of you you being the unique, glorious individual that you are. So as we get in today's episode, I want to just at the very beginning pause for a poem. The small woman builds cages for everyone she knows, while the sage, who has to duck her head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. Dropping keys by Hafez. There's something really poignant for me about that poem about the idea of keys being dropped for the prisoners. And at the risk of sounding a little bit dramatic, I love the idea 
that we are the ones who hold the keys to our own freedom, that we have the ability to make choices. The idea of our ability to make choice is something that goes deep in my own personal faith tradition and my own personal faith. I believe that our ability to choose this gift that in the Mormon faith tradition, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we call agency, that idea refers to our divine ability to make personal choices. That's something that we have been given as a gift, as an indication of, of love and trust Of course, that also means that we're going to make mistakes and we're going to choose things wrong all the time, and we do. And in fact, all of that goes to the very heart of Christianity and the idea that we are going to make mistakes and have need of help, of intervention, and of redemption, of the ability to change and to become better and to grow and to repent and to progress. And all of these feel like really hopeful things to me. They're all pieces of my belief system and of my faith that I really love. Now, I want to share that I have an episode coming up about my nuanced faith within organized religion. And that's something that I'm super excited to talk about. And I think that this episode will, you know, kind of touch on fringes of this idea, which I am excited to explore a little bit more fully. I think it will come up a little bit today because my impression is that one of the curiosities that many people uh, have had and expressed in their questions about tattoos and taboos, the reason that it feels taboo is because of the intersection of this conservative Christian faith and this decision that is discouraged by the leadership in the church. And so uh, I look forward to exploring that a little bit more in detail. It takes a little bit more preparation and some deep diving and <laughs> it's a little bit vulnerable, of course. And so I'm I'm working on that episode and excited to share more about that, more thoughts about it with you. Um, you know, being really intentional in my faith practices is something that is important to me just as being intentional in the way that I shop and the way that I create and the way that I share and the way that I parent. Uh, All of these things play well together in the idea of living a purposeful, fulfilling, adventurous, creative life. And I know that that's what you're here to to listen to and to to hear about. So let me just back up a little bit and share some, share a little bit about this idea of getting a tattoo. So I had my first tattoo three years ago. I didn't announce it or share it. I didn't call my mom and my sisters and say, hey, I got a tattoo. I I made this decision to get some ink on my shoulder as a personal decision and kept it personal. Not that it was a secret, but more that it was not, it was very clearly to me not an announcement. It wasn't for show. It was not for anyone else. It was for me. And I was wading through all of the details in real time. Anyone who has made a decision that in a lot of ways conflicts with their upbringing, with the stories they've told themselves, with some of the belief systems that they were raised to embrace, whether or not they feel deeply entrenched in them, 
it can be a little bit confusing. And in order to almost protect and preserve myself, I I needed to be able to make decisions with the clarity of knowing that it was not a public decision. And I think that that everyone you know, understands that. What it did present, though, was kind of an interesting discovery process as uh, slowly the recognition that I had a tattoo was came into play with my both my family members and friends, some friends that I had told. Of course, there were, you know, my immediate family, Dave and my kids knew, and I had talked to them about it and some of my really close personal friends. Uh, it, it, it was an interesting process. And over time, slowly, because I share pictures on social media, it was something that people asked about, and uh, I decided I was ready to talk about it a little bit more. I've shared a couple pictures. You know, of course, it shows up occasionally in pictures. It's on my shoulder, and so I usually have sleeves, but I run a lot and exercise and swim and uh, sometimes have tank tops on, and so once in a while it pops up, and whenever it does, I get a barrage of questions about it. Uh, This is something that has felt really interesting to people who, especially I think, like I mentioned, are people who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or otherwise part of a predominantly uh, conservative Christian evangelical upbringing with more orthodox, hard-lined type of values and a real emphasis on obedience and on following directions from leadership and guidelines from the authorities of the church with exactness, exactitude. There's a little bit of tension there when you make a decision that falls outside of the boundaries of what you have been taught and what you have been raised to, in a lot of ways, believe. And I think there comes a moment in our lives, whether it's about tattoos or about something else, I think all of us, you know, even just making the transition from child to parent or from from youth to adult, start to recognize that maybe all of the things that we were raised to believe don't ring exactly true for us. Maybe not every single box needs to be checked the way that we expected that it might, or maybe we have a little bit different viewpoint, even though the core principle and the core value uh, is, is the same, something like being healthy or honoring our bodies that the practices that we choose to embrace surrounding that value may feel a little different. And I will say just from the outset, I think it's kind of interesting to note if you're familiar with Gretchen Rubin and her four tendencies, if you are, most of, if you've heard of that and you've read the book or you've you know taken a quiz or something, you probably know what tendency you are. Uh, you, of course, we have a little bit of all of them, but my core tendency is that of the questioner. I have no problem following directions and following rules and following guidelines. And I really want to know why. I really want to know what's underneath them. What is the true purpose? I think this is part of what's led me to the practice and and the sharing about a purposeful, intentional life that I have now because I'm not only interested in the result, I'm also interested in the purpose. I'm actually sort of uninterested in the actions unless they have some purpose. And if I can't answer the question for myself, why or what do I really think about the you know the underlying principle of this, then 
it doesn't seem purposeful. For better or worse, I am a questioner, which means that I'm not naturally inclined to just nod and say yes. I want to know a little bit more. I want to explore. I want to identify. And I find all of those practices and principles and ideas of asking questions, wondering about things, meditating on things, doubting things, digging a little deeper, I have found that to be incredibly enriching in my faith, incredibly empowering in my ability to form deeper relationships with myself, with my family members, with my friends, with my communities, and with the divine. I'll talk more about that in the upcoming episode about nuanced faith. I want to talk a little bit more about tattoos. So just as like a general background, I am a person who loves tattoos. I have loved them forever. I don't remember the first time that I saw a tattoo, but I remember always being fascinated by them and interested in them and thinking that a lot of them were beautiful. Of course, there's a lot of tattoos that don't appeal to me, whether the placement or the design or the symbolism or the style that just doesn't appeal to me. But in general, I have a lifetime of memories of really loving tattoo art and and body art that way. I remember as a youth, maybe 10, 11, 12, looking up some of the policies of the church regarding tattoos because I knew that I wanted one and I wanted to see if I would be like in line or not if I got a tattoo someday. And it was very clear from the beginning that it was discouraged. It wasn't, you know, it's not in the Bible. It's not one of the Ten Commandments, but it's something that the leaders of the church have said, you know, you probably shouldn't do this or we discourage marking your body this specific way. And the reason for that is because of the idea of honoring your body as a temple and believing that our bodies are sacred, that they're gifts from God, and that we should treat them as well as we can, that they shouldn't be quote-unquote defiled in that way. So despite that, I still loved them. <laughs> and I still thought, gosh, I wish that wasn't the policy because I really love them and I and I like the idea of them. And I remember thinking when I was sitting in a conference center of youth, I, I don't remember exactly the year, it may have been 2001, Uh, The president of the church at the time over the pulpit where I was sitting in the building, he reinforced this idea of discouraging tattoos and discouraging more than one modest piercing for women. And I remember at that time I had multiple piercings in my ears and I thought, oh, dang, I really like my piercings and I really like tattoos. And And actually, I remember clearly the thought that crossed my mind was, I wish I already had gotten one. Because then I would have this sort of excuse of, oh, I hadn't heard that directly in front of me from the president or the authority of the church. And so I, you know, dang, it's it's permanent. Shoot. You know, I, I, I feel like I remember feeling like I had missed my chance to not directly go against the guidance of, of a leader in the church. Fast forward to being on my senior trip. I was really lucky in junior high and high school to have a very close-knit group of girlfriends. There were a a small group of us that went to California on our senior trip together. We had no chaperones, which I'm thinking now, I mean, my son is going to be 12 this year, and that means in just a few years, a handful of years, he's going to be a senior in high school and going on a senior trip. And I'm thinking, that is wild. Like, there's no way I'm going to send him off as an 18-year-old without anyone, (laughs) without any chaperones. But there we were, renting a house on the beach in California without a chaperone. And 
one of the ideas that we had was to go get matching tattoos. And we we went so far as to even go to the tattoo parlor. And I remember kind of going in and wandering around. And we, and we were looking at pictures, the flash of the tattoo parlor that we were in, just this random. Now, I wouldn't recommend this, just like stopping into a random tattoo parlor and getting a tattoo. But we thought, you know, we should do this. And then ultimately, we couldn't decide on something that we all wanted to share. And so our moment of sort of peer pressured, conscious rebellion ended and we went home. And again, I remember sort of being disappointed that I didn't have this like, oh, that moment would have been so great to seize. And the uh, add insult to injury when a couple months later, I found out that a couple of my girlfriends, those high school girlfriends had met up later and gone and gotten matching tattoos on their own without the rest of us, which actually, you know, I wasn't jealous of not doing that. I just thought, ah, they did it. I was excited for them and thrilled for them and and remember just thinking, gosh, I wish that I had, I wish that I was doing that. And I was sort of waffling back and forth between I, this is something that I am taught not to do and yet it's still something that I want to do. Around the same time, my younger brother came home with a really beautiful, massive tattoo and he has since gone on to get many, many, many tattoos. I think at one point uh, we were on a trip together and I was sort of joking with him, interviewing him about the different tattoos that he has all over his body. We were up to a count of like 30 or 35, each with a story, and he remembered who had given it to him and, and where it was from. And um, So in my family, in my own family, it's not unusual for people to have tattoos. My younger brother was the first one of my, my five siblings, my older brother soon after had a couple tattoos. My youngest sister came home from a, a trip to Italy and had this beautiful olive leaf tattooed on her wrist. And now this was only a few years ago. And this was one of the moments when I thought, here, my little sister, who's so sure of herself and so confident and able to trust herself to make this decision. She was an adult. She was 18 or 19 or 20 at the time. And she went ahead and made a decision to do something she wanted to do, even if no one else agreed or not everyone agreed, or she would receive some sort of backlash from family or friends or judgment from strangers or from women at church. I settled into understanding that over 25 years, my reaction to people close to me, family and friends, getting tattoos was of feeling like they had honored themselves, feeling like they had been brave and confident and had trusted their own desire and that when faced with the decision, the tension between what do I think and what will they think, that they were able to move forward with the idea of, you know, what I think matters too and what I think might matter more. In the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which came out last year and was just a really great, it's a really great book about honoring yourself and about really coming into your own and, and trusting yourself. One of the things that Glennon Doyle points out is watching her teenagers you know, going in and there's a group of teenagers sitting, watching a show or something, and she asked, who's hungry? And the boys all answer yes or no, and the girls all look at each other to decide if collectively they're hungry or not. Rather than looking inside themselves to decide, am I hungry? 
and it doesn't really matter if the other girls are hungry, but am I hungry? That women especially tend to look outside of ourselves to make decisions. We tend to look around the room for the consensus. We tend to wonder what will she think or what does she think before going inside and asking what do I think. One of these quotes that I love from this book is, when a woman finally learns that pleasing the world is impossible, she becomes free to learn how to please herself. One of the questions that I had to ask myself and face in this decision to step outside of the guidelines of my culturally embedded and deeply entrenched faith identity was, is this objectively right or wrong? Is a tattoo objectively right or wrong, a correct or incorrect, righteous or unrighteous decision? This is something that I don't believe is objectively righteous or unrighteous. Tattoos have been around as long as humanity has existed. They have cultural significance in a lot of cultures. They have religious significance in a lot of religions. The practice of symbolizing different ideas and identities with ink in your skin is an ancient practice. I also had to answer for myself the question of, do I believe that my worthiness as a woman, as a daughter of God, as a member, an active, faithful, engaged member of this organized religion, does my worthiness depend on this decision? Is this something that will count me out of covenants and of promises and of rituals that are meaningful to me within the organization as well as within my personal relationship with the divine? And as I looked at both of those questions and relied on my entire upbringing, 35 years of testimony and of faith building and faith changing and, and faith transformation, I came to the answer myself, for myself, that no, that getting a tattoo wasn't inherently wrong and it also bore no weight on my worthiness before God. That might not be the answer that someone else comes to. That might not be the answer that you come to if you want a tattoo and you are a member of my church or another church that that advises against getting tattoos. You may find that you really like the idea of getting a tattoo and when you go deep and ask yourself whether it's right for you or whether it will affect your eternal standing that you feel like, no, it's really not worth it for me. I, I would rather stay inside this line and that's okay. This past year, a friend of mine passed away. Uh, many of you might know of her, Annie Blake, who was a beautiful artist, a mother, an inspiring and empowered woman. She was kind and she was thoughtful and she was open and she was fierce. And a couple years ago, she shared on Instagram about her experience getting a tattoo, also being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I can't ask her whether or not it's okay for me to share this, but I am going to rely on my instinct that she would celebrate me sharing her words with you. Annie said, 
As I walked through the open house of a local religious building last February, I thought, our bodies are temples, and every inch of this temple is painted or carved or marked somehow with symbols that remind us of important things and direct our attention to divinity. And I knew that I would mark my body. I would mark it to claim it as my own. I knew I would mark it with a circle, a symbol of the divine feminine, wholeness, inclusiveness, cycles of life, cycles of learning. We are all connected. Life is endless and repeating. Circles have no beginning and no end, or lots of beginnings and lots of endings. Circles unite, include, and connect. Women are round. We are soft edges and also the wheels that work and carry the world forward. Revolution. When we sit in a circle, there is no hierarchy. Today, I will imagine a world where female-identifying people are valued for all the labor they provide and sit in gratitude. Happy International Women's Day, everyone. Well, it's appropriate that it's now International Women's Month. International Women's Day was last week. And I loved her words. I remembered them echoing with me, this idea that, yes, my body is a temple. And temples are buildings that are filled with symbolism and with markings and with paintings and with beauty that points our minds towards divinity and reminds us of what is most important. (laughs) As a side note, if you're not familiar with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have two separate types of meeting houses. There are meeting houses that are regular buildings that we attend for Sunday worship and activities during the week. And there are temples which are set apart, they're set aside for special more sacred worship. In order to attend the temple, you go through a process to get a special recommendation from some leaders within your local and area congregations, and then you're able to attend and perform some special sacred rituals relating to your relationship to the divine. I remember as a child uh, of 12, the first time that I had my recommendation and I was old enough to go in and perform some rituals within the temple, that I was shocked that it wasn't completely white inside. We, within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there's a really clear association culturally between white, the color white, and purity so white fabric i mean i think this is within a lot of cultures and and religious practices as well this is why babies are blessed in white gowns and why women are married in white dresses you know the idea of virtue and purity and whether or not you agree with that idea it was shocking to me i was like baffled as i went through the doors of the temple i expected in my head that everything would be white and like mirrors and crystals i thought it would just all be like an ice castle (laughs) and i walked in and there was like a regular hallway and there were chairs that were wood with green and yellow upholstery and there was carpet and there were regular like cabinets and you know beautiful furnishings and beautiful decorations and wallpapers and tapestries and draperies and all of these things and and it just was such a mismatch with the idea of what I had in my head as the temple being completely white clear and 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 pure in that way and I think that my adjustment and my comfort level with the idea of a temple not needing to be completely white in order to be sacred and likewise my own body not needing to be totally unmarked in order to be honored. 
that my the choice that I made to get a tattoo can actually be a symbol of my relationship with my children, with my family, with divinity. Uh, it also doesn't have to be. I I you know could get a tattoo of a McDonald's Diet Coke on my arm, and that wouldn't have a whole lot of symbolism, and it still would be fine. Ultimately, the question comes down to. Are we willing to honor our deepest desires if when we ask our question, we connect to our deepest self, our truest self, we uh, touch base with the divine if that relationship is important to us, which it is to me. When I would touch base with my truest self and my relationship to God about the idea of getting a a tattoo, the only thing that I ever felt was love. I didn't feel like it was wrong or hellfire and damnation. I felt like, okay, great. It doesn't matter. And I think that sometimes we need to be able to get there for ourselves. And like I said earlier, I don't think that this is the right decision for everyone. And I also don't think that it's ever the right decision to judge someone else's choices. Like in the poem at the beginning, the small woman who went around building cages for everyone she knew I would much rather be the sage dropping keys and empowering and and inviting those that I know to be their truest selves, whatever that looks like, and to honor their own desires and to trust their own relationship with faith and with connection and with community and with God, whatever that looks like for them. To finish out this episode, I want to just share a little bit about my own tattoo, and then I'm going to do a question and answer session. I put up a question box on Instagram and had a handful of questions that I want to answer that are a little bit more specific, and so I thought that I would share the answers to those here. But first, I want to just share about my tattoo. The design that I settled on for my tattoo is the constellation Orion's Belt. Now, Orion's belt is just a part of a a larger constellation, one of the most recognizable constellations in the winter sky in the northern hemisphere. They're those three stars that you can recognize that you can see lined up during the winter months when the sky is dark from early in the evening until late in the morning because of how long the nights are during the winter. Orion's belt was the first constellation that I recognized. It was the first one that my dad pointed out to me when I was little and that I was able to recognize from young. And we spent a lot of time outside when I was growing up, camping and hiking and backpacking and going to the lake and spending time on the beach. I have memories from all of my life pointing out Orion's belt and recognizing it in the sky and feeling at home wherever I was. I have really specific, clear memories of the winter mornings when I was waking up early to go to early morning seminary, this religious class that happened before school. And my school started at like 7.30. So I was getting up and going to school at 6 in the morning in the winter in Salt Lake. And it was snowy and cold. And I would be walking out to my little truck parked in the driveway. And Orion's belt would be shining right above the point of Mount Olympus. Uh, my, My whole view as I got into the car in the morning was looking at these three bright stars and recognizing them and, you know, kind of saying, hello there, Orion, yep, I'm, I'm off to school again. As I've traveled and lived in different countries around the world, I've seen Orion's belt from all over, and it's been something that has 
connected me uh, emotionally, symbolically to my past, to my family, and now to my future. When we decided to have three children, I knew that that number would feel significant to me. And as Plum was born and our family felt complete, I had a new love for Orion's Belt for these three unique stars. They're individual stars. They all are named stars that make up this grouping that shines so brightly in the sky. In Spanish, the stars of Orion's Belt are often referred to as Las Tres Marias or Los Magos, both references to religion, to the Christ child being born to the three kings going to give their gifts and also the idea of the three Marys who exist in the Bible around the crucifixion of Christ and also the resurrection. So woven in there for me are symbols of my past, symbols of my family, symbols of my upbringing, symbols of my connection to nature, symbols of my connection to my children, symbols of my connection to my faith. And they all wrap up in this one beautiful, simple constellation. As I head into sharing some questions and answers, and also just as an acknowledgement of this whole episode of sharing something that is personal, it was a personal decision, and also has a lot of personal history and symbolism for me, uh, I've learned over the years that it's not always appropriate. Actually, in fact, it's not often appropriate to ask someone about their tattoos, um, to ask, can I see that a little closer? Or I noticed you have a tattoo. What is it? Could you tell me about the meaning for it? Some people might be interested in offering that information, and a lot of people might not. It can be a little bit offensive or a little bit startling for people to ask about something that's on their bodies that's personal, that is you know within their actual skin and, and their own space. I want to just acknowledge that uh, I'm freely offering this information now and welcomed the questions. I invited the questions about it. Uh, and just as a, a heads up, asking direct questions about someone's tattoos or about or really about anything about someone's body isn't always very respectful and it might not be well received so just if you're unfamiliar with the world of tattoos or you feel a little bit like oh I'm so interested I want to see I want to know more and know that that can feel offensive to people and so I would just caution you to be a little bit sensitive uh, when addressing that idea in general. Okay, so that said, let me jump into some Q&As. Again, I asked for these questions and I'm happy to answer them here. The first question was, how did you talk about getting a tattoo with Dave? Well, like I mentioned, Dave and I talked about tattoos a lot because it's something that I like, just like someone else might have talked about art uh, or or buildings or architecture, I have always loved tattoos. I've pointed out cool tattoos when I've seen them on online or on pictures. Um, I've talked to my own family about them. Of course, he noticed that a lot of my family members had tattoos. And so from the time we were dating, it was something that we talked about. And I actually probably told him, you know, at some point I might decide to get a tattoo. How would you feel about that? And he always said, great. If you if that's something that you want, then that's good with me. Um, he Actually, it's been interesting in a lot of the things that we've talked about in our relationship having to do with the 
organizational structure and, and policies of the church and guidelines of the church, I tend to be the one who has all of these really big feelings about those policies or like, oh, the perception and the culture around it. And I don't know if whether it's because he's a man or whether because he really doesn't see the same sort of cultural uh, stereotypes that I have seen or experienced. He's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, no big deal. It's kind of whatever you choose, where I often expect a lot of kickback and things like that. So that's just an interesting note. Dave has been on board with me making whatever decisions about my body that I want, and I love him for that. The next question was why I felt it was important. And this is kind of an interesting question because I went back and forth for 20 years about why. Why did I feel like it was important? The the answer is I don't know. It's been a deep desire and a deep interest of mine since I was young. And I don't know why it was important to me, whether it was a little bit of rebellion, whether it's just that questioner in me, whether it's that when I asked myself the question, does this matter in the eternal scheme? Do I re- do I personally really believe that my relationship with my Savior and with God are affected by my decision to get a tattoo or not? The answer I always came up with was no. And so if I am weighing this really deep interest and desire that I have with the idea that it might not matter as much as I have been taught that it does or as much as I have built up in my head that it does, then maybe I can wade through some of the tension of what other people will think or what will the judgments be and get down to, if this feels important to me, then maybe I just honor that, whether or not I understand it. And I will tell you that I've had my tattoo for three years and I have not regretted it. I don't have a day that I think, oh gosh, I wish I didn't have that. More than anything, I felt more of myself. I felt like I have I have honored myself. I feel more whole and more empowered because of the decision that I made. The next question is, will you get another one? And the answer is probably. I have a few ideas right now. I do not at all mind the idea of getting another one. I like the idea. I think right after I got it, I was like, ooh, okay, what do I want to get next? And like I said, I really like tattoos, and so I probably will get another one. I don't have a very, I don't have a plan right now. I don't have an appointment right now, but I will probably get another one at some point. The next question was, how do you reconcile this decision with the church's discouragement of tattoos? And I think that I've done an okay job in this episode saying that there might not be a full reconciliation more uh, belief that it's okay to make decisions that don't align with specific policies within an organization that you don't personally believe in or align with. So that's where I stand on that. Um, I like the question, how did you pick something that will be permanent? What if you don't like it later? I think a lot of people relate to this idea. I've had several friends that have said, I would love to get a tattoo. I just can't think of a single thing that I would want to have on my body for my whole life. And yeah, that might be true. If that's the way you're thinking about it as well, like maybe we are changing. We're always evolving and progressing and growing. And and maybe there are things, you know, that you would get and think later, I wish I didn't have that or I don't really care about that anymore. One thing that I thought was really interesting in talking to my little brother about tattoos, and again, he has much experience in many different tattoos, as we, I told you about, you know, sitting down with him and chatting through these different stories and histories, a lot of the tattoos that he had weren't 
meant to be like these long-standing symbolic things. They were almost like capturing a moment in time or an era in time or a memory. And he, whether or not that, you know, the same feelings existed now that existed then, they were like a snapshot of that. And I think that also can be a way to honor your life, the symbolism of your life. If you have something that you like, and then in the future, you don't, you wouldn't necessarily get it again right then, but it does remind you of of a time when that was something that you wanted. So I don't know. I don't think I have a great answer for that. Um, but I I think if you have the feeling I don't want to get a tattoo because I don't want anything permanent on my body, then you shouldn't get a tattoo. <laughs> that, that's easy. I had a couple questions about the pain. I will say that I have a pretty high pain tolerance. I, I know that about myself. I wasn't worried at all about the pain. I didn't even think about it. And when I was actually getting the tattoo, the only part that was noticeably painful for me was when the needle went over an area that had already been tattooed. So my little constellation is very small. It's very thin lines. And there was just a couple areas where like one of the stars is an actual five point star where the line crosses over itself, like the way you learn to draw stars in elementary school. And so as that was being tattooed, it's tiny. It's like two millimeters or three millimeters wide but as the lines crossed over a freshly cut needle line that was really painful um but just not like screaming and crying painful just like oh ah i can feel that so pain was definitely not an issue for me i'm sure there are more sensitive areas and if you were getting a larger tattoo or getting a lot of color filled in i think there's a lot of variation to the actual pain i got the question would you let one of your kids get a tattoo before they were 18 my answer to that is no. I told my kids when I came home with a tattoo and talked to them about it and they were really excited to see and I told them they each got to choose a star and that these stars were for them and they thought it was cool and and I told them that when they were 35 that they would be able and allowed to make the decision to get a tattoo as well. <laughs> I was kind of joking with them because of course, you know, they'll be able to get a tattoo at any point that you know after they're 18 or don't live at home and they are adults and can make adult decisions I think that it's an adult decision to choose what to do with your body and um, my kids may or may not want to get tattoos and I won't tell them that they should like it's really cool everyone in our family should have one and I also won't tell them when they're adults that they should or should not that's something that they'll get to choose I thought this question was interesting do you believe your tattoo will reappear in the resurrection? Now, it just needs a little bit of context. Within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have a doctrine that all of our bodies will be restored in the resurrection. So just as Christ was resurrected from the grave on Easter, that's what we celebrate, that our bodies will all be restored to their flesh form again someday, that that gift of the resurrection is something that everyone will have the chance to experience who has experienced earth as a mortal. There's a lot of specific language around our hair being, you know, hair is not one hair of your head being lost and your body being restored to its perfect form. So this question kind of goes to the point of the doctrine of, of if your body's restored to its perfect celestial form, will that be a tattooed form or not? And to be totally honest, I have no idea. I don't think anyone has any idea. I don't think that this is something that, you know, uh, 
there is doctrine around. But the question makes me think about a couple other things just in general, just kind of principles around this. Do you, if you believe in a perfect resurrection or your body being perfected in the resurrection, what does that word mean? What does a perfected body look like? One very common bodily alteration that is permanent that I can think of is getting braces. So our bodies, you know, are are formed with jaws and teeth that grow in and they grow in a second time as we lose our baby teeth and then we have these adult teeth. And in a lot of cultures, especially in, you know, middle to upper class American culture, many, many children and teenagers and adults get braces to permanently correct their bite and align their teeth so that they have a glowing, perfectly aligned smile. This is, in my mind, this is a similar uh, alteration of our bodies, you know, our God-given form as getting a tattoo or having any type of plastic surgery, which I will say I I don't feel, I, I feel similarly about all of those things, which is if it's something that you feel like you want to do with your body, then great. You know, there, I don't believe that there's like this clear line of right and wrong when it comes to those things. I am curious, though, if the person asking this question has ever asked themselves, will people who had braces have perfect smiles in the resurrection or will, will our teeth go back to that whatever they would have been had we not had braces, which some people would have relatively straight teeth and some people would have not aligned teeth because the way that our bodies are made is different and not everyone's teeth are aligned from the time they're young what does it mean to have a perfect body what weight will you be at what height will you be at our bodies change so much over time too you know what does that even look like or mean I don't know to be honest I have no idea I will be thrilled in the resurrection either way if I'm resurrected and God has wiped my body clean of tattoos then great, I will accept my celestialized body form. And if I'm resurrected and I have perfected tattoos as well in the resurrection, then I will feel thrilled by that as well. The next question was, what did you tell your kids? When I came home from getting my tattoo, I showed the kids that I had gotten a tattoo and I told them all about it and we identified Orion. Again, I had already told them about the constellation Orion. It's something that they can identify in the night sky and we talked about it and I told them each they got to choose a star that these stars were representative of them. They thought that was really cool and exciting. I think because my kids are young and we also haven't grown up in uh, such an insular church culture because we live outside of a predominantly Mormon area. So a lot of our good friends over the years uh, have not been members of the church. And so tattoos are really common in our area. They were really common in Austin and tattoos are really common in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, There's a lot of really cool tattoos on the parents at my kids' elementary school. So I don't think it felt very foreign to them, as foreign as it might if they were growing up in an area with a higher percentage of more orthodox conservative LDS families. Also, like I mentioned, my family, my own personal family, their aunts and uncles have tattoos. And so it's something that they're familiar with. And we have never taught our kids that getting tattoos is wrong. And I don't think that they're to the point in their own personal experience with 
in the organized religion and going to church and primary, you know, they're young enough that no one's telling them yet, don't get a tattoo because it's wrong or, or you shouldn't do that. They're, they're too little for that. And I think that that's something that they'll have a renewed perspective on when they are older. And if someone happens to mention that in a class or for the strength of the youth as they're going to their youth church classes, is something they'll be able to have a different perspective on and say, you know, my mom has a tattoo and she thinks that they're fine and, you know, I might want to get one one day and I also don't think that's a big deal. And, you know, maybe that will be positive to just open the conversation um, because some people will be part of the church who do have tattoos and it's okay. Um, in fact, I think it's really interesting that in the last few years there's been a spokesperson for the church who even published a book called The Tattooed Mormon. And I don't know her personally. She seems like the most wonderful, lovely, bright girl. She's got a ton of tattoos. I mean, to the point that this is the the title of her book, The Tattooed Mormon. And she goes around and gives talks about discovering the church and, and, you know, finding the love of God. And I love the idea of her message being embraced by the church community and you know, she's really served as a spokesperson for the church in a lot of ways over the last couple of years, speaking at conferences and and being on videos and things like that. And that to me is an indication. Now, you could say, well, she got all of those tattoos before she joined the church and she hasn't gotten any new ones. But the idea that there is a spokesperson out there for the church who has lots and lots of visible tattoos, it seems pretty clear to me that this is not something that's going to preempt her from uh, from participation and from engagement and from having a full, beautiful faith journey, I think that these things are not mutually exclusive. You can have tattoos and have an incredible relationship with the gospel. So that's what I will teach my children about tattoos. And the last question I thought was pretty funny. Why do so many people care? <laughs> Anytime I get a question about my tattoo on social media, uh, and I answer it, I have a lot of people say, why are all these nosy people asking questions about your tattoo? Who even cares? And I think, like I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, the only reason that I think people care at all is because it's a little bit interesting to see someone make a choice that differs from the norm and the widely accepted cultural identity of a conservative Christian religion and not do so as like a in defiance of, but as part of and inclusive of. I know that as over the years, as I had wanted a tattoo and I was interested in getting one and I didn't really, I hadn't made a firm decision for myself yet, I looked for examples of people who were not just leaving the church and changing their whole lifestyle and getting a tattoo, but who had also decided that these things could coexist, that you could choose to get tattoos and love tattoos and also remain interested in maintaining your faith and your relationship with the divine and with the church. And that was helpful for me to see examples of that. And I think more and more as, uh, I, I think just information has made so many things evolve and change. I think there's a collective awakening, especially over this last year um, with social justice and with inclusion and with love and, and with the idea of what does it really mean to be 
a Christian? What does it really mean to love? What does it really mean to not judge and to be open and to be inclusive? And I know that I want to find myself on the side of love and of non-judgment and of inclusion more often. And one way that I can do that is by starting with myself of allowing myself to trust my own desires and not judge myself and trust my own ideas and not judge myself. And that helps me then recognize that other people are doing the same thing, that we're all just doing the best that we can with what we believe and what we know and that those things might be a little bit different. And that's okay. In fact, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. We are created as unique glorious individuals with so much potential not just to all follow the line but to also explore and to make choices and to exercise our ability to decide for ourselves so that's probably a lot more than you ever needed to know or wanted to know about the idea of tattoos and taboos and trusting yourself That's the show today, though, friends. I hope that there's been something in here, whether just being entertained and listening to a story or whether you're struggling with an idea of an identity or a desire that your tension is between what do I think and what will they think. I want to encourage you to trust yourself that even though sometimes there might be fallout. No, I I didn't talk about some of the fallout, some of the uh, hard conversations, some of the disappointment um, that I saw and experienced and heard in some of my relationships uh, and also some wide, innocent love and acceptance. Um, You know, you would think this is not that big of a deal, right? And, And, you know, at the end of the day, It's really not. And also, we all are wrapped up in our beliefs. We all are wrapped up in our ideas, not only of what we want to do, but what we think others around us should do or or those close to us, how they should live. And I want to encourage you that the more you love your own decisions, the less it matters what other people think about them. And also, the more you love your own life and your own decisions, the less it matters how other people choose to live differently. I want to thank you for being here and for tuning into the episode today. I hope that you enjoyed it and that you have something to think about, some some new ideas to consider that you might not have considered before. I want to encourage you to live your fullest, most beautiful, creative, intentional, and adventurous lifestyle. Part of the way you can do that is by joining me this summer at Grown Up Summer Camp in Thatcher, Idaho. It's going to be incredible. It's July 28th through 31st. There are just six beds left for glamping spots and four campsites left. So if you want to grab a girlfriend or come on your own and make a bunch of new friends, I would love to have you for our rivers, our soaking in the hot springs, our book discussions, our craft nights. It's going to be so much fun, a way to connect to yourself, to connect to others, and to reconnect to nature. You can visit the show notes or look up livefreecreative.co slash summer dash camp. I am looking forward to it and can't wait to see so many of you there. 
Also, I just want to remind you that if you enjoy listening to the show, one of the best things you can do is to share it. Take a screenshot, share it on social media, invite your friends to listen in. I hope you have a great one. I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.